Aloha everyone, Ronnie Landis here and welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And I'm also the founder of the Holistic Health Mastery Nutrition Certification course and you can find more information about that at www.holistichealthmastery.com. My personal website is also www.ronnie, R-O-N-N-I-E, middle-landis.com. Just want to put that information out there for anyone that wants to find more about what I'm doing, my books, my educational course, um, courses in progress right now, more courses, and all the different stuff that I'm up to. You can check out those links. Want to get that out of the way so we can move on to today's incredible show. So my guest was one of the brightest lights that I actually know personally in my life and someone that I have so much respect for, someone whose journey I've watched personally um, from the other side of a computer screen and also up close more recently for, you know, the last seven years, I think. Dan McDonald, otherwise known as the Life Regenerator, has had one of the most influential, inspiring, motivating, empowering, and educational YouTube video series on raw living foods, on juicing, on detoxification, on living a more inspired life through authenticity, vulnerability. I mean, he has put his entire story over the last decade or so or maybe almost that, on YouTube. Over 2,000 YouTube videos and one of the highest subscriber rates um, in just viewerships um, in the, the, I guess you could say, the history of raw food education on the internet. So anyways, this interview was epic. This was incredible. Dan and me have become very close personal friends here on Kauai, and we knew about each other, you know, many years ago. We had bumped into each other and kind of become associates here and there. But we've really become friends um, as of recently. And this guy lives it. He has lived it. He is on his own mission, his dharma. And Raw Living Foods is still very much a major foundation to that. And uh, there's so much I could say about this guy. This interview was so deep. And so powerful, and it just cut to the core of everything. And for some of the some of you who have been following Dan McDonald for years, you may have noticed that he had stopped posting YouTube videos uh, as of recently, the last year and a half. Or, and I had just been encouraging him to get back on the scene. All our conversations would be these incredible philosophical, health based strategic conversations that I just was like, wow, dude, like we need to get, you need to come over to my outdoor office here where I do all my work and my interviews, uh, usually by Skype and sit down with me for a one-on-one. So I'm so happy that we made the time to do this and I know you will be too. Without further ado, I want to introduce the life regenerator, Dan McDonald.
Dan the Man, otherwise known as the Life Regenerator, is a certified detoxification specialist and has been studying plant-based nutrition for the over the last 15 years. Dan has had over 1,500 free videos on his Life Regenerator YouTube channel that are based around raw food nutrition, juicing, detoxification, fitness, and spirituality. He has been a tremendous inspiration and guide in helping people to take responsibility for their health in the simplest and most natural way, with the food we eat. With over 202,500 subscribers and over 34 million video views, he has truly made an impact on the health and well-being of people's lives all over the world. Dan's magnetic personality and true passion for regenerating every cell within his own body has made his show on YouTube contagious and inspiring ministry for those who are seeking the highest levels of health nutrition. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you, Ronnie. Absolutely. Such a pleasure to have you on. How are you? Uh, Very well. Thank you. Absolutely. So I feel like the best place to get started with us is how did you get started? I mean, you've been at this for, you know, almost two decades, right? And traveling down the raw food path and your own journey, your own journey in health and and cleansing and finding out what has been the best of the best for you personally and sharing that with the world so I think everyone's probably curious, what got Dan McDonald started? Well, I guess the, uh, the, the linear story would be around the time of being 19 years old. Uh, my girlfriend broke up with me, and hence there was a extra testosterone in the system. Mm-hmm. So what does a young man do but join the YMCA? So I started lifting weights to, to, to do something with that energy that I now found myself with and to try to help myself cope with, uh, that heartbreak that came from, uh, uh, you know, breaking up with my girlfriend mm-hmm. at the time. And, uh, I just started lifting weights. And, uh, after that I started looking into, uh, how to build muscle. That kind, it kind of just snowballed from there, and the, that was basically the beginning of this journey into conscious health. Before that, it was there wasn't any awareness of health mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. Really, actually, in fact, I was on the other side of the scale, doing everything that a human being could possibly do to not be healthy. Right, which is what most of us kind of get trapped in, right? Oh, well, I don't think they go to this level of okay. depth that I was at at the time with uh, severe addictions to many different types of drugs mm. and alcohol, cigarettes, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, since then, just sort of working my way out of that and doing everything I can to get to the core of some kind of mystery that I've been experiencing from the very beginning of my life. Now that I look back as a conscious person, Mm -hmm. I can look back and trail it all the way back to birth 
and at an even higher level of consciousness uh, prior to birth, you know, through parenting, genetics, family lineages, right. social, you know, constructs and that type of thing. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. So it sounds like you got really what was like the, the, the immediate impetus or what was the thing that you got gravitated towards was changing your body, like fitness, getting in your body maybe. And then what, what, what was that light bulb that you realized that food played some part in this, this transformation? Well, that light bulb, I think, came on five or six years later Okay. when I really, truly had a download. You know, I was like, you know, muscle blast, protein powder, dog food <laughs> bags. The, the big, the the big, big buckets. Of, yeah. Yeah. Um, and ice cream and milk and cheese and meat. And over the years, through reading the beans and rice books and looking in a little bit into vegetarianism, but always referencing the um, muscles and fitness magazines. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just slowly over time, it, 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 you know, began to show itself as more of the vegetarian choices might be more conscious uh, and, of course, healthier meats and things like that, but always still not having enough awareness to avoid fast food every once in a while. Mm. But when it came to the bodybuilding training, that was what was really cool. That That's one of the things I really like about myself is that I remember one of the trainings, the certifications that I went to for personal uh, training certification, and there was all this class of, uh, you know, 50 people or something like that. And uh, we're all in there training to get certified. Well, I was already in the bodybuilding game at the time. You know, I made it to about 200 pounds on my body. So add another 40 pounds to where I am now of, of pure muscle, you mm-hmm. know? Wow. So that was really cool. I was considered, I looked really good on the outside yeah. and I could lift heavy weights. <laughs> but of course, later on, you learn that your organs and your brain and your nerves and your glands and everything are affected in what real health is. Right. But, um, you know, I just, uh, just began to evolve more and more into uh, healthier food choices. Uh, and uh, here I am now at an absolute loss as to what is really, really happening inside the human organism. And what real, true healing is and what's going on with human beings at the level of, I mean, this guy over here eats meat and potato chips and drinks and smokes and he never gets cancer. And then this person over here is eating broccoli and brown rice and they're in the hospital with some kind of leukemia or cancer mm. diagnosis. So we've, the, the nutritional wars are beginning to lose their luster. I'm beginning to become a lot less emotionalized about uh, these strong, rigid beliefs, vegans versus paleo versus we're cavemen versus we're monkeys versus we're human beings. And I'm looking for real deeper answers. So when all the rest of my colleagues have all the answers, all I have is a notebook full of many more questions. Questions, yeah, Um, yeah. Wow. Um, 
it's it's such an interesting thing. I think we definitely have a, a, a real strong resonance just very simply on the, the idea that I know for me, one of the things that detoured me from from using my voice and now I've really come more into my my own being as far as a speaker and as, as a voice for a message, but not necessarily for the message or this message, but it's becoming a message and whatever that message wants to be in any given time. I was really disillusioned, too, about the whole vegan propaganda versus the paleo propaganda and the raw food propaganda and the cooked food propaganda and the whatever. Like at one point, I got so tripped out on the whole thing because – it wasn't so much to me about the diet as much as like the disturbed behavior in defending a diet that I saw. I was like, I was like, wait a minute, whoa, because I had studied all the great like, you know, success orators um, like Anthony Robbins and Jim Rohn and all those guys. So I had a lot of the psychology 101 built into me. So when I saw this kind of like weird neurotic um, and very uh, vicious behavior in the diet world. I was like, one thing clicked for me. I was like, whatever they're doing, they don't appear to be healthy because their their attitude is off. So I wanted to find out, like, okay, well, if you're if you're consuming a certain uh, nutritional approach, that should affect your behavior. That should affect your mind in a way where you become happier. And that's kind of what I'm looking at is like if it doesn't translate into more like effervescent joy, something something's got to be off. Do you have you found that for yourself in your own journey? Well, we can trace a lot back into the programming in childhood. Right. And these diet wars tend to be just a manifestation of that. One thing you'll find with religious fervor uh, say a Christian who's really trying to cram it down your throat. It's really, or even in a diet as well. They're, these people are really actually trying to convince themselves. Once you know something, you're just as happy to be silent about it and hold that treasure in your heart and utilize that. And if it's really working for someone, you'll be magnetizing people to you to ask you, the questions because they you will be reverberating that joy that is the underlying desire of all human beings that childlike joy that that happiness and so now that i look back on this journey of using uh the nutrition and then particularly raw foods and fasting was that it was just a desire to increase awareness so that i could perceive the deeper underlying occlusions and the diet and the bad dieting and the crappy food is just the manifestation of an underlying lack of self-love, self-care and self-awareness. So generally people are aware on one level or another that something's not quite right there's more potential for more joy, more abundance, more happiness, more power, more energy, more strength, more beauty. And they begin to look into nutrition and they begin to look into all the various areas of life that, can, that they can utilize to improve or to get down into and become aware of the conditioning. 
And that's why the nutrition and that's how and why the nutrition can be useful because clean, clear blood can be very helpful to keep the mind clear so that one can meditate on oneself and become aware of what they're magnetizing into their life. And hopefully what I find uh, a lack of sometimes is what they're putting out into mm. this world. Mm. You know, you're putting out what's inside mm. of you that conditioning, that childlike conditioning. And you'll notice within all stratospheres of uh, human uh, desire to increase knowledge or teachings or spiritual teachings is that uh, a lot of people have or have felt a lack of love in their life. Not everyone, but even even the best parents may not have been tapped into the highest levels of divine love so a child would be you they would receive that love and that nurturing if their behavior was appropriate to the conditioning of the parent Mm. so this conditioning just goes on and on and then the conditional love and then sometimes even the parent's inability to love that child and so all these different it's sort of like hey man your diet and all this and everyone's fighting but it's like your obstructions are different than mine. Mm. Your unconscious mental obstructions are different than mine. And so I think when people get to another level of expanded awareness, they can quit being pissed off at the other person for eating animals or whatever it is that, that they're doing that they disagree with. And, you yeah. know, World fixers are not my favorite people because you mm. you really do fix the entire world when you fix yourself, right. when you become the love. And so that's where this one is at in this journey now is just love as the answer because I believe that, for example, the parasites can't live in that love blood. Your heart becomes a resonating magnet and everyone has a different experience some people can really receive love and really receive it and they're open to it and they crave it and they can get it in but they can't let it they can't do any they can't give it away they don't have any to really give Mm -hmm. and then there's other people that can give and give and give and give love to the best of their ability by making conscious choices of what is the loving choice the loving choice is to go pick up my grandma at the bus station even though i don't want to because my friends are going to go down to the beach and go surfing but i'm going to make the loving choice and go pick up my grandma that intellectual type of choosing and then there's the ones that are truly blessed that are able to allow love in they're able to allow love out negativity doesn't affect them they can see through it through the eyes of understanding through that higher level of perception I call it Christ consciousness where the person can be yelling at you and yet you're so stable in who you are and your awareness of love that even if they're putting you down and uh, even if they rob you, like you can, they can rob you and you can be so tapped into that field that you can forgive them because you can see that for them to want to rob you, they're lacking everything that matters Absolutely. in life, the, the, the joy, the happiness, the solidity, the peace the ease and the grace and the fulfillment of abundance within their experience. They lack, they're lacking so much that they have to take from you to have a temporary lift, which is only going to be last for a minute. 
until the drugs are gone or whatever, Mm -hmm. or the money's been spent or the shopping spree is over and your credit card gets canceled that, you know, you feel sorry for them. They robbed you and you feel sorry for them that, and you feel pity and empathy. That's love. That Mm -hmm. is what I like to call for ease of reference, Christ consciousness for ease of, you know, reference for the people in our society, you know? Mm, Very well put. There's a lot of incredible nuggets in there, a lot of amazing insights, and I tend to agree with all of that. Um, and we could eat, we could all, we could totally uh, expand that. Um, one direction I, I want to go in this is that, um, in reflection to everything you said, and that being a reflection of kind of my my original uh, point, being that. Your your nutrition strategy or any of our we'll call it a nutrition strategy just as a term for our fuel supply, if you will, using food as a fuel supply and not putting such a grandiose, uh, uh, you know, um, definition on it like we tend to do and charge it so much. Um, How I'm curious, how has your nutrition strategy changed? You know, let's just say when you first were getting started and then when you first started putting videos out there and um, everything like that, like how has it changed for you just in maybe the simplicity of it? And also, how do you feel that's affected you over the years? Well, I used to have all the answers. (laughs) Uh, I'm still a raw foodist, a raw vegan, uh, and that's working for me. But like you said, the simplicity part, since... This journey has brought me to, and I know that there's an infinite number of uh, roads that people are going down, but in this journey, the desire for mental clarity is really the top priority. So what I've found, you know, I definitely know how to stimulate the body. I definitely know how to eat carbs. I know how to eat protein. I know how to eat fats. I know how to gain weight. I know how to lose weight. I know how to alkalinize the system, keep the colon clean, keep the breath fresh, keep the eyes clear. Uh, right now, what I've found in this journey that I can reference from is that mental clarity, is that simplicity, like food combining is, in, is out. It's like I don't even combine. I mean, I feel best when I just eat mono meals, really. And so that's about probably 50 to 60% of my diet is just mono meals and mono juices. And then I use a good variety of green juices where I might want to get some uh, more greens in there with cilantro and moringa. And mm. I like to use turmeric and ginger and apples. I use as much local as I can. Uh, one of the things that I really love about this nutrition journey is freshly picked food. If that's, I mean, if, if we want to talk nutrition and say, what's your number one nutritional advice, it would be locally grown, freshly picked food. Obviously, tree to mouth is the best or ground, ground to mouth. Mm-hmm. But if I go and I get some oranges that were picked yesterday or the day before, they're still vibrating at that level with the concentrated sunlight energy, which I think the scientists call it now the negative hydrogen that is the it's the sunlight it's the antioxidant power which is really just basically again it comes back to the way i see that is that that's just nature's love concentrated for the living animals and organisms around 
so the orange has just is concentrated love light mm-hmm. and when that is picked you know the roots are the grounding the sunlight hitting the the greens and then that and all that the negative and the positive or the masculine and the feminine energy concentrating yes. into that juicy sweet fruit with lots of uh you know soil activity seems to have a huge uh, impact on the flavor of the food and the nutritional quality. So really the, the freshly picked food that has that electricity, uh, you know, seems to really keep the zeta potential really high so that it keeps the blood just thin Mm -hmm. so that you've got that circulation making it to all parts of the brain, all parts of the heart. The thyroid is getting circulation. The adrenals are getting circulation. Uh, the the GI tract is getting good blood flow, extraction, utilization. It's really come down to, as I've studied, like the vaccines and the damaging effects of the, the vaccines and how it's, uh, you know, creating uh, this autism issue or that's one of the issues mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. bringing up the autism. I'm just looking at circulation. So that freshly picked food again, is just keeping the blood thin, alkalinized, uh, the sugars in there for the brain and the chlorophyll to carry that oxygen deeply into the tissues so that, you know, one of the biggest issues that we're seeing from all the stress is the occlusions Mm -hmm. in the blood vessels. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's just leading to uh, you know, necrosis in certain parts of, especially the brain yes. is under attack in our society today. And I think what I've also done, interestingly enough, and I don't know if you thought about this or not, but the watershed areas in the brain have been studied yeah. for higher levels of consciousness. But also uh, I have been kind of, as I was in the bathtub one day, I thought, well, maybe there's even watershed areas in the heart that yeah. can help the heart to become more magnified, yeah. more effulgent. Yeah, I actually I came across that too. You had mentioned watersheds before we went to the beach like maybe a month ago. And I was like, wow, what a concept. So I started doing my own research just a little bit here and there. And our, our circulatory and primarily the heart matrix has watersheds. So the dual supply of... Mm-hmm. of uh, arteries or ventricle channels for blood to to not pump but to flow through so if one of those arteries goes out or one of those passageways i like to say goes out there's a backup one right to come right in its place yeah and that's for the more you know creation and its intelligence in the more important uh areas of the brain and the heart and the body right and so that it just, in case of an emergency or in case of uh, a stroke or a, a, an occlusion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. an embolism of some type, then there's that backup and the, the organism gets to continue to live. Instead of if everything was just a one flow system, people would die. There'd be a lot more. We wouldn't live as long. Right. You know, so now. Which is a very interesting idea because all the all the reasons why we develop atherosclero- atherosclerotic plaque and stroke and heart disease and 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 
cholesterol, oxidation. These are all man-made symptoms. This isn't because of any natural um, degeneration. These are actually the byproducts of man-made uh, activities, whether it be through excessive food or processed food or stress is a huge one. Um, so it's interesting to me that the body would be would have a built-in backup system in the first place. As For if, the more important areas. Yeah. But that's why I think that not many of us see those illuminated levels of health mm-hmm. that I think that people like you and I would like to see because you have to have blood flow to those areas that are associated with higher consciousness, better memory, uh, and genius really – to you know, the blood is flowing through those yes. micro capillaries, which are thinner than a hair. Only one red blood vessel gets through. So any type of stress, trauma, excesses in the diet, or even what I call dead foods, yes. uh, which is more like again, like I said at the beginning, a byproduct of uh, lack of awareness. Or sometimes there is a destructive type consciousness that's not uh, in awareness, the patterns that were learned at a young age. So there's these self-destructive patterns. And then we think, why do people drink? Why do people bother drinking? It just pickles your brain. Why do people even eat this junk food? I mean, I know it tastes good, but what are you trying to, what are you trying to avoid? Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the junk food or whatever, even things like, I know pizza, people love pizza. It's the number one food in the world. But yet, if you think about that in a food combining way, I mean, at the highest levels of consciousness, there's no good, bad or right or wrong. It's just that there does seem to be natural laws. And so if you look at food combining and pizza, it's literally like the worst food combining possible with (laughs) all the worst foods considered, you know, by the new our modern day nutritionists to be stacked yeah. on top of one another, bread, gluten, a cooked tomato sauce, acidic cheese, uh, you know, lymphatic Glue. stagnation, gluey, <laughs> excess proteins clogging the base membrane. Then you throw the meat on there with made out of God knows what. It's not even actually meat anymore. Yeah. You mean just the factory farm, like sausages. Yeah. Whatever, whatever that, laden. Yeah, whatever that stuff even is. So I guess my point is, is that, you know, pizza, it's sort of, you know, food a lot of times will give you that lift, but it also, then you got to come back down. So what I've found in my own experience, just because of who I am as a person, what I've been through and my desire to stay balanced, simplicity, uh, really basic nourishing foods that are pleasant Mm-hmm. And yet not necessarily pleasurable, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. When you start mixing all this stuff up and it goes to be – your salad becomes more of a mental party than it is actually a physiological a nourishment to uh, you mm. know work your intentions in life. It mm. becomes less fuel and it can have drug-like effects, uh, effects that you're trying to fill an empty hole – I think that that might be way more common than we realize. Absolutely. So the people that are in the nutritional world are are nutritional coaches and are advocates of various diet strategies. 
might not even be aware of that within their own self. And I see that a lot. Yes. The paleo, the vegans and all this. I see through my own experience that just because of the way that they treat each other and they, 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 they overly emotionalize the food that we put into our mouths – uh, you know, that they ha- are might not even be aware that that's what they're promoting is some type of, uh, um, you know, a desire to fulfill some type of emptiness. So yeah. this journey is coming to the place where I'm really, really doing everything I can to use this mind in order to find out what brings the deepest fulfillment. And what I've found just recently as like a little, you know, I've, I've tasted it just a little bit. And we all know this in our mind, but we say service. But then it just keeps going to a deeper and deeper level where less of your small self and your needs and your wants and your desires become less important. And then you start to uh, really focus on what you can do for those people around you with your energy so that it's almost like some kind of overflowing cup. It's, it's like the example of um, the more money you spend, the more you get, which right. is strange. Yes. Yes. But people are like, oh, I better save and I got to scrimp uh-huh. and I'm on a budget. And what I've learned over the years is that if you just keep spending it, more just shows up without yes. even really doing anything. Same thing for maybe that service of other people and doing everything I can right now to get rid of the know-it-all or the need to be right, to have that shield of mm-hmm. here's my diet thing and I've got all this science and I've got all these anecdotes to try and prove it and I want to try to convince you. That's, you know, that's not as important as it was to me even like say a year ago mm-hmm. through this, what I'm going through, this transition, transformation period in my life where I'm beginning to uh, see that cultivating those divine qualities isn't just lip service, but for real deep satisfaction of the soul so that food isn't such a big deal anymore and an awakening of the intuition instead of like the neurosis of food, which is, you know, I see it a lot. I don't eat anyone else's food. Mm-hmm. very often because for so many different reasons, their food combining and everything else, the intention, but there's just this, um, this underlying, you know, awareness that food is, can be used as a drug. And, and it looks like it is being used as that to a vast majority of the human beings that I observe silently and do my very best not to mm. criticize, but I've just had these this moments of real awareness where I can see that even these raw food meals are just too much, yeah. and they take away that mental clarity. But if I just have like four or five uh, tangelos, I ha- I'm energized, I'm nourished, and then my mind is just clear. You know, and so I know that and then people will talk about calories and things. And I just think there is, you know, right now, all I can really say is that I know there is way more to the story than we're aware of at present. 
So I'm keeping my mind on that. I'm asking to be shown what is really causing healing within human beings and what's really producing that radiant health that I think that most uh, intelligent people that are on that journey of really appreciating life as a gift would have that awareness and that desire to Mm. feel good, to be happy, and to be full and filled. Mm. Yeah, I feel as though that thing that inhibits that radiant shine, that radiant beautification in our in our expression, right? Because ultimately, it appears to me that it's not so much like a, a physical thing or a or, or a, a diet or a, a thing that we're after. We want states of feeling, so we try to get things um, in this this context, even diets, to make us feel a certain way. A lot of uh, there's clubhouses, so a lot of people want to join a certain club and fit in and. And or certain foods they assume will make them feel a certain way. So that kind of made me realize that it's actually states of feeling that we're seeking out. And it appears to me again that for some people that that state of feeling is inhibited by what I call subtle death urges. Mm-hmm. And that could be why, you know, I've looked at the same thing for a while, like, in, in myself, in my own life, like, why do I keep doing the same pattern? It keeps showing up and then I stop it. And then it's like, shoop, it shows back up over here three days later when I thought I got a hold on the situation. And I realized like, wow, like for some reason, unbeknownst to my mind, I have some kind of impulse. Call it like I look at almost like a diabetic or hypoglycemic impulse that if the blood sugar for somebody gets too, too low, they they go sideways, they, they, they get irritable or impatient or they just freak out and then they have to go to get a Snickers bar or something, hmm. you know? So for me, I look at it metaphorically on, in different ways, but I, it made me realize like, okay, in the, in the, the motherboard of humanity, there is a virus running rampant and I feel like it's this subtle death urge mm-hmm. that people have where they're actually scared to fully vibrate to fully live and you've probably experienced this when yeah i know for me like those times where i'm on that juice high or i have that peak clarity of mind and i'm like i feel so good and then i find myself making a coffee or something mm-hmm. i'm like and then like an hour later i'm like wonky like wait a minute what just happened sabotage so, yeah the self-saboteur yeah that is an interesting phenomenon. You're, many of us are just afraid. Who are you to shine so bright? Right. That's really uh, something that is happening in, in right now you mm-hmm. know, in this experience. Mm-hmm. And what you call the subtle death wish is, I've never really heard it like that, but you know, uh, that could be, it's kind of an interesting thing. I remember Dr. Hawkins saying, you know, it's the big cop out. You can't wait to die and you know, then you'll be out of here. You'll be free. I think a lot of us have that. And then there might be a more of a, so that, you know, and then there might be a more of a negative side to that, which is just like, you may have decided unconsciously in some way or another that you're not worthy of life. Or you had such a hard 
the traumatic experiences in your childhood that uh, you didn't feel worthy of life or you wanted to uh, just, I wish I could just die. And if you get quiet and you haven't, if you get quiet and still and you had challenges in your childhood, which most people do on one level or another, different levels of severity, of course, but on one level or another, there was trauma there. Just the basic whole medical procedure of birth, for one. I mean, you know, the way they do it is just insane. Uh, and so it's you've got that trauma. You may decide that, you know, I I'm, can't wait to get out of here. You have a subconscious death wish. And when you, like I said, when you get quiet and still, and you sit there and you really examine the mind, step out of the mind, and just watch it objectively, you can see those types of things whirling around. You can see those thoughts. I hate you. You're not worthy. You're unlovable. You're ugly. You're stupid. And you can mm-hmm. see that. I, I hope I'm not the only one that's willing to be admit that I see those thoughts. And then sometimes how difficult it can be with those thoughts in the subconscious to use the imagination and to allow desire because you know life is desiring more but the obstructions and the occlusions and that's what I'm talking about that's why I can understand why for uh, 15 years on Raw Vegan and then all these years on the YouTube why people would think Dan McDonald you're orthorexic but it's really like I'm just super aware and I know that there's something at some level occluding or blocking the, the explosion of God's divine love coming forth and just being, uh, just walking into a room and changing the room and lifting it up, which I think in certain ways I already see that within myself because of all the things that I've absorbed and all the things that I'm committed to at a deep level. Mm-hmm. And then, but then there are those obstructions, it seems. And then, uh, you know, I'm aware of those things where I feel like maybe there's people out there that would call me that you're orthorexic, you're too fasting too much, you're trying too hard to get clear so you can find this because I really would not want to leave this planet without the complete flow. And so now I've got to find a way to love myself enough to allow that light to clean me out. And when I'm going through that process of the nerves being cleansed, of those feelings uh, that were, are buried below eating and busyness and athletic pursuits and money pursuits and relationships, I mean, the whole dang thing is nothing but one big distraction. <laughs> Until you realize that and say enough is enough and you disappear on the island of Kauai up into the jungle and you just shut everything down because you know the time has come that the distractions are more painful than the actual work that needs to be done, what needs to be looked at, the stillness and the sitting with that pain that was buried, that trauma. I think that that's humongous. Mm. Uh, And I don't think science has much data yet, but I think some of the pioneers in consciousness are beginning to understand how well there's this guy in Germany of course he's in jail now but he was just he was just with his cancer patients 
He was just working on the trauma. That was it. He wasn't working on the diet. He wasn't working on anything else. No oxygen, no nature stuff. He was only working on helping them to deal with the trauma. And he was getting a 100% success rate. Now, of course, again, he's in jail. But that's just one small example of how trauma equates to disease and how these people come up and they and they know intuitively everyone knows that medical uh the medical establishment has zero influence on healing cancer mm-hmm. they're not interested in it they don't have the skills they don't have the ability yes they can theoretically they pretend like they're prolonging your life but what i really think is happening is that when you get medical attention when you have cancer, you're actually shortening your life yes. quite a bit. My advice would be to, uh, if you get diagnosed with cancer, get the hell out of the medical establishment and never go back and take care of yourself as best as you can, but stay the hell out of there. Get the diagnosis, realize you've got it. You'll probably live another 5, 10, 20 years. But not if you go with the medical route. They will burn you, fry you, cook you, and poison you and scare you to death. And... That's why I think that that is allowed to happen because I think there are many, many souls who actually are just ready to leave. Right. They were ready to leave a long time ago in that childhood trauma. They had that subconscious death wish and they just couldn't ever find that place in themselves where they appreciate life, the gift you know, those near-death experiences, they go into the light, they see Jesus, they get the transformation, they come back to earth. They're completely transformed human beings and they love life and they can help others and they're hands-on healers and they're just a wealth of information, knowledge, understanding, empathy and compassion. And then the rest of us are just mere mortals who didn't get to really create that type of experience or didn't call that in. And we just end up you know, not ever being able to deal with the trauma. And so when we try to get grandma, who's whatever, 62 years old to change her diet. I mean, I see this every day. Grandma, you got to, you got to ask your grandma, Hey grandma, do you really want to live? And then of course the politically correct answer is, well, of course, sonny. (laughs) but you know, you hear it deep down inside. I would say about 50, 50. When I asked that question, 50% of them mean it a little bit. Mm -hmm. The other 50% don't mean it at all. And then there's a very, very small few who are like, I will do whatever the hell it takes. I love my life. I was just unaware that this relationship was killing me. I thought that it was the right thing to do to stay in it because divorce is evil, sin in the Bible. And I would just went to sleep 30 years ago and my husband's just abused me emotionally since. And now I'm, I am willing to get a divorce. That's how much I care about my life. You know, one small example of that. And so we're just, this is just like the nutrition thing is a hobby. <laughs> I love the fresh food, but if we're not going to look at these other deeper layers, then I don't think there's anything I can do. And the nutrition can allow more clarity and more energy through intention. Uh, I'll find this farmer has mandarins or tangelos, and this farmer has mandarins and tangelos. They're both organic, but Linda's, for some reason, are off the freaking hook. She's smiling. She's 72 years old. She's happy. She's yes. friendly. Her and her husband enrich the soil. They love what they do. They love the fruit. This guy over here, it's a business 
He got it from his uncle. He's just going through the motions. He's selling the fruit. Love makes the fruit taste better. Love is the intention. Love is the vibration. Here's an organic tangelo. Here's an organic tangelo. This one's got the love in it. This one doesn't. You can taste this one. You can feel it. You're drawn back to Linda's fruit stand again and again and again when all these other people have even cheaper fruit. You can get – hers is twice as much. Mm-hmm. But I go there every time. I spend twice as much because I feel the vibration and the love that her and her husband are putting into their fruit. So that's what you want to know about nutrition. Who's growing it? What's their mm-hmm. intention? And do they care? Is this some mm-hmm. monocrop celery? Hey, I'll take that. At least it's not sprayed. But the, but the person who's like really putting their time and energy into that celery, mm. it's just going to be more vibrationally expansive. And that's what you're look, That's where you turn on your radar right here. And you're seeking out the highest level, best intentional food. And so that's more of an intuitive thing than what we've got going on now right. is calorie counting and this food and this, not this one. You're killing the planet. You animal murderer. Which are all just, they're all just theoretical judgments, right? A lot of times the way that we, 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 um, you know, it seems to me that we, we make our decisions a lot of times absent of love, motivated by fear. We're very, we're very programmed to, to direct our behavior towards fear, which is actually the subject of a book I'm going to be working on at some point called the pathology of fear. Mm. Which to me is the whole crux of disease, degeneration, debilitation, and psychosclerotic conditions. Yeah. To me, that like I've looked Great. at that for a while, and even hearing you, I realize like the healing force in the universe, under my own approximation, is H O P E F A I T H L O V E. Those are frequencies. Those are points of frequency. Those are states of existence that we can all take on more. And that's really the only point of nutrition to me beyond, you know, the the obvious moving around, thinking all that. Um, The point of like a living foods diet is to me, I I resonate with, you know, what really got me um, just as just a quick thing on, you know, why I got into vegetarianism it wasn't – there was obviously the scientific um, point of view, which which continues to make more and more sense to me with the environmental pollution. But then I got into like Gabriel Cousins. John Robbins was a huge influence. Um, Will Tuttle and the Compassion right. Diet. And that idea to me just clicked. Maybe for someone else it's not that big of a deal. But for me, I want to walk lighter on the earth. And not just physically but, but – energetically. If I can do that, no matter what I'm consuming, I know that I'm making a better imprint. I'm making a more ecologically sound imprint and I'm and I'm actually enriching other people's lives, which to me seems to be the crux of the matter and I just feel like no matter how much life I'm I am awarded, I'm gifted to live, if I can soak up as much juice Every iota of positive life force energy within all the years that I get to live, even if I only get another year and someone else lives miserably on a dialysis machine for a hundred years, I came out far more fortunate. Yeah, it isn't the length at all. 
I mean, I love longevity. Yeah. It's an amazing idea. Thing, yeah. Know? And being like 41 years young and just ripping around like it ain't no thing and hanging out with, you know, younger people and <laughs> whatever, <laughs> dating younger women. Just be like, I'm getting away with this because I'm like on point, you know. That's one of the things that raw food's done. It's kept my body and my mind super young. Uh, at the level of genetic expression. That's one of the things I love about the mm-hmm. living food, mm-hmm. the natural, wholesome foods. That's an obvious thing to me. Um, I hesitate to say, but uh, one of my uh, female friends was like, you know, she was just like commenting on my derriere, you know? Yeah. Like, I've never seen anything like that, even on a much younger man. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's the I have the, the raw foods is anti gravitational, you know, is what that is, and so that's a really yes. big thing that I've noticed. So I would recommend that, but I wouldn't say don't do this, do that. I'm right, you're wrong, you're killing things and things like that. There's ethical veganism, and I know that when you mention that, everyone want the the, the hardcore vegans want you to be an ethical vegan, but. It's just if if you're not that that might not be your uh, journey, you know. Absolutely. But as far as like, I'm a I'm like a selfish vegan. I just don't want those food types. <laughs> a self-centered. In, you're centered in yourself. It's it's. I just don't. I mean, I know. I for me that those the feeling of anything fermenting or putrefying. I just love the fruit fiber, the vegetable fiber the water, the cleanliness of it so that I just cleanliness. I'm probably like, I think it has something to do with where I fall in the autism spectrum, but I just, I love things to be organized and I love to be clean myself. I just don't, if it starts to smell or the bad breath or the, the pheromones are coming off wrong or the, I can smell the putrefication very easily with the raw foods enhances your senses and, yes. and, and you smell things a lot more you're just more sensitive and i can understand why being that sensitive can be a challenge in this world you need to spend more time alone you need to become more aware of things like emf and you need to be aware of the foods you're eating the thoughts you're thinking the people you're hanging around your lifestyle habits airports and traffic and la and chicago and new york it's like I wouldn't want to eat my diet living in a place like that. And I never really could live the ideal diet like I am now. But I live in paradise. I don't wear shoes. I rarely wear a shirt. Uh, I just did today for this interview here. And, uh, and, and, and the food here is fresh. And it, it goes along with the environment. But if you're trying to be a fruitarian in Michigan in the winter, <laughs> it just sucks. It can be done, and I've done it. I've lived in Seattle and been a raw foodist. You tend to go for more nuts and things like that, but you're right. we are hairless, very large frontal lobe primates. Right. For lack of a better way to say it, I know that makes some of the people that believe in creation. I believe in creation and evolution as a simultaneous path. I don't see it as a dichotomy or a duality. I see that we are evolving creatively and creatively evolving. I like that. So God is expecting you or wait. God is sitting there as an infinite field of pure power and potential uh, waiting for you to make decisions 
to evolve yourself and to hopefully express the genes and uh, dig deeper into those potentials to maximize brain function, heart function, body function, joint function, endocrine function so that you can uh, just be the best you can be. But again, we've got to break through before we get into the science or the, of lifestyle habits. We've got to break through into that. How much do you love yourself? Yes. And once you do have that infinite love for yourself, there are a lot of resources, a lot of tools. We're very blessed. We got superfoods, we got juicers, we got sunshine, we've got each other, we've got essential oils, enzymes, massage, a trauma release work, uh, we've got music, we've got trees and nature and birds and insects. <laughs> we've got all the blessings that we need. We really at the end of the day, I've found no greater therapeutic tool than sitting naked at the beach. Right. I found no other greater way to get into the God space, I call it, through nature. So for this one, you know, nature is the foundation for the awareness of God to come into mm. us and be there with that. Now, now, that being said, there is still much opportunity for the release of major blockages to success, self-love. I mean, I have a 225,000 subscribers on my YouTube and I uh, for a while there I was making good money and yet I never felt successful right because I was never ready because ever since I can remember I've been aware of these uh they're not even coming up into conscious awareness yet I can feel them I can sense them I'm willing to do anything that I have to do to free myself from the blockages to self-love, success, only because if I were to do that, that would be a blessing to all those around me. It could potentially change the life of my children to view that way. It would be a blessing to other people to say, hey, what we need in this world is one more person who's broken through those the subconscious death wish and made it to a type of enlightenment yeah. to where you actually do, you are your own best friend. When you look in the mirror, you like what you see, you love what you see, and you don't get down on yourself when you make a mistake, but you use it instead of that downward spiral of, oh, you know, like, it's easy to love yourself when you're on your juice and you're feeling good and your mind is clear. But then can you love yourself through the process of that sabotaging? Why the hell did I drink the coffee? I felt fantastic. <laughs> and you know it's going to be acidic. Or why did I eat that bag of cashews or whatever yeah. the hell you just did to stop that momentum that was happening? Because yes. imagine what is possible <clears throat> for those of us who break through – and just keep on going and growing and evolving and illuminating and bam, bam, bam. Next thing you know, you're like uh, moving forward into that Christ consciousness where Jesus was just at the peak. And the yogis and the masters and the saints that were just somehow, some of it was hard work. There's interesting stories. And some of them were just country bumpkins that just through pure innocence and, and, and you know good parenting – Really, or that good environment that allowed the blood flow, that allowed those areas of genius to take place. I think there's 
karma, what the world calls karma sometimes comes into there. But there is, it does seem to me that there actually is a science of life. Mm-hmm. And we have so much tools at our disposal to maximize good water, sunlight, you know, but breaking through those, uh, you know, you blocking you, you are holding you back and you being the you that is you just absorbed in a theta state all these, uh, you know, family dysfunctions and now we're learning to go back and recreate a different story they're 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 doing this in all different types of clinical settings but they're actually going back and praying for people who were in the hospital years ago and seeing how that's affecting their health in the present so there's the time and space is starting to really blur for us here the linear domain is kind of shattering and we're entering an age of infinite potential. And so when we start to do that and try to work against or not against, but uh, try to find a way to go beyond our conditioning into a world of, we all hear this law of attraction stuff and everything else, but so very few of us, it all sounds good at the seminars and in the books but who do you see in this life? Very rarely. Most people are struggling in one way or another. They're struggling in their relationships. They're struggling with their diet. They're struggling with their finances. And who really is using the law of attraction or that magical mastery? And can we give ourselves permission to become a master? And can we command that of ourselves from the highest self? And become the master of the lower self instead of the lower self and all its proclivities and all its momentum and all its negative programming. Mm. Can we relinquish that and really become masters of utilizing what we have available to us, which is infinite potential? And so this is all me. See, it sounds all really good with the words because I'm an orator. And then at the end of the day, you might not know that. I might cry every day from the pain that's left. It's mm-hmm. like the wounded healer. I am the poster yeah. boy, if there was one, for the wounded healer. And I feel like I'm not even able to share information anymore because how am I supposed to help people make videos when I can't even help myself, when I can't even heal myself? And that's the biggest thing that's been going on with me and why I've taken six months from my video show, which was a forced thing before. It wasn't coming out of me naturally. I was forcing it for money. I was forcing it for ego. I was forcing it for to try to uh, you know, make everyone think that I'm okay when deep down inside, I don't even think there could possibly be another person who's more of a mess, you know? And yet... All day, every day, all I do is think about God, Christ consciousness, crystallizing love into this being. So at least the intentions are there, but so is there appears to be uh, pain and self-sabotaging, exactly what we're talking about. So I'm just digging deep, and I don't even 
pray anymore to God because I feel like God is just sitting there waiting for me to work out the bugs in myself because learning how to love God and be a four-tiered yogi, yoga of the mind, yoga of the heart, yoga of the service, and yoga of the kriyas, you know, so that the car drives straight. Those were the greatest masters of all. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the yogis that just did one. It was the yogis that were service-oriented through karma, the bhakti yoga of love, jhana yoga of the mind, and the kriya yoga of the learning how to utilize the, the body as a tool to tap in deeper so that we can become the master of our destiny. We have that capability. You and I, we both know that. And yet, the question is, where's the magical formula to break through the trauma, to break through and release those negative patterns, which for some reason we get addicted to or we don't want to let them go. We're comfortably miserable with those friends of ours with that subtle death wish. It's like we want, to, we want a little bit of life, but we don't really want to let go of that subtle death with because it served us so well to step out into the unknown, to truly be bold and to truly live a life of love, which would be that fear would just disappear. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you were saying about the, that book that you're going to write. God bless it because I already know it's going to be good. There's, we, we have a choice. Right. We have love and we have fear. Absolutely. And as far as, relation, as, far as relationships, nutrition, finances, uh, religion, those are, the, those are our two choices. I know which side I'm going to choose. Yeah. You know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Whew. Wow. Um, <laughs> so much. So much there. I think that is the absolute perfect place to conclude this conversation word absolutely brilliant beautiful and could have said that in the beginning huh <laughs> it was just no a one minute interview <laughs> choose love or choose fear peace be with you <laughs> no but that's the thing is the setup for the thing that we all know we all know that but it takes the drama of the experience to to you know to get so intense where we make a choice when we're, our back is against the wall sometimes. I feel like sometimes that's when we make the greatest breakthroughs, whether it's necessary or not. Um, and this whole conversation was a really deep exploration into into that, and I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on and transmitting just, just your authenticity and coming out of the shadows. And, and I know you've been in your process that I so respect of just self-reflection and, and self-cultivation, you know, and, and we've hung out a lot more since I've been on the island here and I've gotten to know you more and I really appreciate you. So thank you so much. Anyone that is new to you, that's just tuning into you through this radio show, do you have a website, um, anywhere that they can find more resources about you, the stuff that's online right now? Yeah, I've got some amazing DVDs on my website, regenerateyourlife.org. They're very yeah. inspiring and very instructional as far as the uh, linear aspects of creating delicious food, juices, smoothies, salads, entrees, and the raw food lifestyle. That's kind of the old Dan. I don't anticipate leaving behind the raw foods, but just 
is stepping it up into a whole nother notch, basically, to where it's like it's totally socially unacceptable, really. Like you're <laughs> living way too high. It's like you can't be a fruitarian. You know, you can't just live off juice. And I'm like, well, actually, you can. And when you do, it's quite uh, expansive, you know, maybe not forever. Uh, but anyways, uh, beyond that, there's also the YouTube channel, which is uh, kind of my legacy. 2,000 videos over there, free information. Um, you know, years of study, starting 20 years of information put down into those videos. And that is life-regenerator.com. Mm. And so thanks for your time, Ronnie, and your presence, which brought the best out in me. I want everyone to know that I appreciate you very much. I respect you so much, your work, your clarity, the things you're doing, the lecture you gave yesterday. So on point, bro. You're growing, you're blossoming, and you inspire me a lot. And I really appreciate you, Ronnie. I'm glad to call you a friend. Mm. And anyone that knows you uh, knows that you are a very bright light and you have a very bright future. And I really appreciate being your friend. Right on. I appreciate that reflection, brother. Thank you so much. God bless you, Ronnie, and God bless everyone who's listening. And peace be with you all. All right, everyone. That was another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show with our incredible guest, Dan, the life regenerator McDonald. And what can you say about it? Take what resonates with you and live life to the fullest. I really encourage you not only share this with everyone you know, but listen to it over and over and over. Until next time, we'll see you guys. Aloha. Aloha.